Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Tasting Anarchy. I am your host, Jacob Lindsay, here to inform you that the stock market is open on Thursday, but the bond market is closed. <laughs> that is Thursday, November the 11th, um, which, so, you know, Jacob, in your prior life, uh, you remember how big a deal Thanksgiving is because it, it's a Thursday and the Federal right. Reserve is closed. So that means in payroll land, every uh, every other year, somebody's impacted. So they're not always impacted the same year in a row. So they always are confused. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the rule, I think the rule ahead. for the, for the market is that if it's a Monday or a Friday, it's closed. But okay. if it's a day in the middle of the week, it's open, but the bond market is closed. I don't think it's open on Thanksgiving, though. That's true. Actually, I think it's closed Thanksgiving Day and the day after Thanksgiving. I yeah, but it's, it's also because it's not a floating holiday. That's, that's, yeah, I guess that's I think true. That's, I think that's the market positioning. But okay. so the people who are getting impacted by uh, Veterans Day are getting impacted by Thanksgiving this year too. Oh man. Actually this uh, happened, I think once when I worked there, it happens. I mean, it happens every, uh, seven ish years or so. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember it was cause it was like one thing after another for like several holiday type things in a row where it's like, Oh crap. There's like, and it was like middle of the week banking holidays, like three Mm -hmm. weeks in a row or something. Yeah. So, yeah, there's the two Thursday holidays, and then uh, this year. So, in because you know the the what's gone on at the company since you've left, um, the other company was a lot more like li- liberal about closing. So, like we're just now closed on Black Friday, and huh. this year we're going to be closed on Christmas Eve, but we're going to be but obviously because of the where the where the 31st falls we're going to be open which is fine because that's just a full banking week uh so that won't be that bad but we're gonna get like a three-day week there or three-day weekend there and then a one-day weekend because of w2 printing (laughs) so right right yay (laughs) well you know what what is the uh, well i guess i'll talk to you about it afterwards because i don't think it's i mean it's public information but like one of the things that they did for us, and I, I don't know if this is um, a new rule or something, but we got a notification that we will not be getting paper W-2s unless we opt in for a paper W-2. And, uh, you know, obviously I don't really care if it's electronic. So, mm-hmm. um, but that was, I, I guess, like this company's way of either this company or my company's way of, trying to just sort of force people to go digital on it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that, if something like that is going to end up happening where in order to just cut down on the amount of paper, it's going to be digitally delivered and you won't have to print anymore. Well, not as, so, as much. So that's the, the thing that, so one of the things that the database allows already is for somebody to opt into the paper one. Okay. And then have the company, um, short print based on that, but there's no control okay. total for that, that we know of. 
Oh, got so it. Okay. It's like really hard to reference. So if like, you know, seven out of 132 elected to, that's really confusing and hard, hard to handle. Um, hmm. Plus, I mean, you know, there's, there's, we figured out that there's a lot of other things that we could do for the printing that we're going to try to do this year, I think. Um, but yeah, like, you know, we, we elected to switch everybody like during the, uh, the crazy times, uh, cause I won't call it a pandemic cause it wasn't cause like yeah. Italy, did you see Italy adjusted their numbers? Did I send you that? No. Like they went from like a hundred thousand to 1400. Because really? they wow. stopped, they stopped counting death with just death and and adjusted to death from. So these are the ones right. where they like say like this is what actually killed the person. So it never was. I know RCD, RCDC released something last week or the week before saying that they believed that they overcounted by something like sixty five percent. So, but that got no news coverage, and they're still using the old seven hundred fifty thousand number whenever they talk Correct. about it. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, we stopped printing, uh, vouchers across the board and just basically we're like, Hey, we will print them if you want them printed and we will print checks, but we're just turning off vouchers at this point because everybody has access to the digital system. It's free. And like every authority is telling us to stop the touch points. So we can't stop printing your checks. We understand, but just a voucher that's going to go into somebody's drawer. Like, so I never took my W two home last year. It's still <laughs> like you know we get it on the first, and I just threw it in a drawer and I was like, ah, whatever. I'll take it home yeah. eventually. Just never have. So yeah, like you know our our former former boss had in what I think would have like, I still think this is a great idea is if based on the FEIN, they had different tax year ends. Oh, that would actually, that'd be a great idea. Or like, I think it was by social, which wouldn't work as well. Um, but like basically, so for W2s being due, it's like, yeah, like instead of having them all due at the front of the year and then just compressing the time frame that the companies have to produce and file, just make it, you know, a fourth do here, a fourth do here, a fourth do here, and a fourth do here. Yeah. So yeah, that would make sense. But employees are too dumb to get it. So that's right. Well, <laughs> those employers are too dumb to get it. Like, what do you mean I've got to have a tax account? Yeah. I'm going to do business in the state, man. Like, I get it. Like, but how do you not? <laughs> like, right. <it's, laughs> Uh, but either way, uh, so I think you had a really good article. I have a good wine, but not for this week. Um, okay. I was drinking Saparavi and I opened it tonight and I just didn't get to take any notes, but it was, uh, my wife even commented it. It seemed like it was slightly carbonated, which was huh. pretty neat. What, what um, was it again? Saparavi, the Georgia oh, okay. wine, the red, like the, like basically like black wine from Georgia. Delicious. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what was your, what was your article? Unless you got a, a cool drink to share. Well, I want to share a story. I don't really have a, Ooh. actually, uh, I, I messaged this to you. I think but then I also messaged you like 20 other things is, um, <laughs> uh, snow logger is out. Yes. 
and it's on draft at the movie theater that we went to. And um, I had it and it was very good. I, I don't remember. I don't know if they changed because I remember there was one of them that they changed. It was either their Oktoberfest or their, or their winter lager. Uh, well, and, like, uh, like Oktoberfest one point had like a bad batch and like winter lager. They always slightly adjust it. So, yeah, um, well, this, this I year think actually was they good, kind I of thought. dial in both every time. So, yeah, yeah go. It was good. I like that. And I have a story. Okay. The story is the story of my Ultimarfo wine. Oh, yes. So, but, and I'm stealing uh, Rollo and Slappy's thing, the uh, free market success story, because I, I kind of think this was a, a free market success story to some degree. Okay. Um, so, you know, I ordered about 300 bucks worth of wine from Ultimarfo because they have their, their new batch out. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, their new, they have three new wines out. And, um, they're using uh, grapes from New Mexico, which I was pretty excited to try. And, and we'll go over what these are with Ricky at some point when he comes on the show. But yeah. uh, but I, I I don't know if the system that he was using somehow auto-filled my address wrong or if I did something. But what was weird about it is I went back and looked at my receipt and it was clearly the wrong address. But mm-hmm. also, that was also my billing address. So I'm going like, why? How did my billing go through? Because this would have disagreed with my billing. Uh, it doesn't actually check. I thought it checked the zip. It might check the zip. That that's okay. that's fair. That's a fair yeah. point. And I didn't I didn't think it ever did check it. I think it was just for complaint. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But like I it's like the at signature. It I, I always thought the signatures <laughs> were checked. When I was a oh, kid, I, I, those I'm yeah, pretty sure. They <laughs> they no, no, but, they're not. They're they're just there for dispute. Got it. Okay. So, for whatever reason, it gave an address that was similar to my address, um, but not in Arlington, in a, a city nearby called Louisville, and mm-hmm. um, and it was it was so my address is blah 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 Franklin Drive. This one was blah 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 the same number. Frankie Drive <laughs> in Louisville. Uh-huh. And so I went, so I was like, you know what? I'll just drive out there because it's not that far. It's like 30 minutes away. So I'll just drive out there to the address and knock on their door and just say, hey, you know, this is, I know this is awkward, but um, did you get a package for Jacob Lindsay? Because that's me and I'm looking for it and it's a lot of money. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to tell I'm them. Giant that. and I'm <laughs> going to burn your house down. Yeah, but <laughs> I, mean, like, I, looked, I looked. I looked at like the street view of it uh-huh. uh, of the neighborhood, and I was like, "This is a nice looking neighborhood." And it was backed up to a golf course, so I was like, "I, I kind of think they'll probably be okay with it." Um, so I went up there to where the address said it was, and and actually that street, it was on a cul-de-sac. That street ends at a hundred numbers lower than five ten. <laughs> uh, I keep saying it, but whatever. A hundred numbers said it lower once. than mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I was, so I was like, so where did UPS deliver this? Cause the, the address didn't exist. And I went, Oh, maybe, maybe the cul-de-sac like stops here and then it continues on the other side. So I drove to the other side. No, it was a different street. Then I went and looked for another Franklin. There was another Franklin, but it was Franklin lane. That mm-hmm. was a like industrial park. Mm-hmm. So I went there and I went to the 510 there and went in. It was like a uh, like an auto body shop. 
and I was like, Hey, did you guys get a package? The guy didn't know what I was talking about. And, um, meanwhile, and that's not where it said like it was delivered. Interesting yeah. one. <laughs> but it was, it was, but the thing is, is like the, the UPS receipt said that they delivered it to Frankie drive. So, mm-hmm. and my address. So I'm going like, okay, so this doesn't make any sense. So I went back home and I messaged Ricky and I said, Hey, I know this is probably partially my fault because I did not look at the receipt to see what the address said. But this went to an address that doesn't exist. I went over there to see if I could find it. But the address doesn't exist, but UPS says that they delivered it. And Ricky goes, okay, I don't really know what to do about that, but I'll just send you new wine. And I was like, no, 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 don't send new wine. Like you're uh, you're starting out as a business. Clearly, I made a mistake because I didn't check my receipt, and I should have. Um, especially for, for something that's a delivery from, you know, so, you know, I don't want to just be like some guy, but like a delivery from somebody who's starting a business and it's kind of a new thing. I should have yeah, double and checked. It, and it's not like it was like to the real address and like it, like clearly they, they took a picture of the guy signing in and it was like, you know, a 13 year old girl. <laughs> right. like, well, and actually somebody did Jacob sign Lindsay. it. They, but, yeah. They, yeah. somebody did sign it, but they signed it as just Lindsay. They, and and spelled wrong. That was the other thing. So they spelled it L I N D S E Y, which is not my last name, but that's what mm-hmm. my that's what the label, the shipping label said. L I N Z Y. So somehow they looked at the label, realized it was Lindsay, and then signed Lindsay spelled wrong. <laughs> which makes no, no, what sense. happened? No, what happened is so. I mean. So like UPS comes up, it's like, hey, I've got an age restricted package for a Lindsay. And then the person just wrote Lindsay. That could be. Yeah. But it's an age restricted package, or at least it should have been. Um, yeah. So we'll say it was. <laughs> so it was. Yeah. So they're supposed to check the ID for like of that's the signer. For, unless oh, it's like I thought that's what it was. Well, I mean, but, like, to be what? fair, I've, like I've if gotten, my if my mom opens the door or your mom opens the door, they're gonna just accept the signature. Yeah. Well, and I've actually gotten this before where I ordered something from uh, Last Bottle, mm-hmm. and UPS just put it on the porch. They didn't even ask for a signature, which is they're not <laughs> supposed to do. But you know, yeah, whatever. So, so I said, no, don't send me a new thing yet. Let me contact UPS and dispute this because. Yes, I'm I'm willing to admit that I made a mistake putting in the wrong address, but I am not willing to accept that you delivered it to an address that doesn't exist. And uh, so I so I, I you know went to the messaging center or whatever, yeah. which is a robot for like the first ten minutes, and was like, okay, look, this is what happened. What do you want? What should I do? And they were like, hold on, let me get you to a, a live person. And uh, so I got to the person. I was like, look, the the address on this was incorrect. Um, but it says that you delivered it, but that address doesn't exist. What do I do? I'm happy to go pick it up from wherever you dropped it off, but I need to know where you dropped it off. Yeah. And, and they were like, um, well, it shows that it's been delivered. And I was like, I understand. That's why I'm calling you. <laughs> it's been delivered, but it's, but where, where did it go? Cause that's not a, that's not a place that, that yes. it says that it went to and it didn't come to my house. And so they were like, uh, put in a claim. So I put a claim in for the for the full amount, and they approved the claim. And then, so I messaged Ricky about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I, I already sent you the new a replacement." And I was like, "Oh, well, you know, that, I appreciate that, but you should be getting a refund for the money from UPS." Yeah. 
So I, I'm hoping that he he does because they did approve the claim and it said that they'll they'll send the money to the person who shipped it. Mm-hmm. So that's good. So that is uh, that's a free market success story. Is that Ricky took yeah. care of me because he really wants me to try this wine and UPS refunded the money because <laughs> they delivered it to the wrong place and what uh, Carr and I think Will I, th- I think I was telling Will about it maybe, maybe not uh, but two people that I was talking to about it they were like you know what happened is the driver got to the place, realized that address didn't exist, signed for it himself, and just kept it. That is quite possibly... I honestly did not consider that at first. Neither did I. Because I would never do that. Yeah, and the thing is... Because, like, you know, it's one of those things where... Do they think it's marijuana? You know, something like that. Because, like, I know people, like have talked about like getting stuff delivered to the house under construction next door, you know, that like their porno mag or something like that. Like the, you know, it's just weird stuff like that. Um, so that's where I was like, you know, did they think it was something more or like, you know, it's one of those, you ever put in an address and mess up the address and then like Google fixes it to something and you just don't realize that you've been making a mistake and then you start going there and you're like, Oh, this is not this is not the address that I meant to go to. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I've I done made, that before. You know, so that's why I was wondering because, like, the UPS system, like, it routes their drivers where to go, and it is very aggressive about like you know because we ship UPS the office, and it's very mm-hmm. aggressive about like you're like one two three Main Street Jacobsville, and they're like Jacobsville doesn't exist, Herndon County. And you're like, sure, whatever it takes right. to get it there. So like we have this one client that like I'm kind of responsible for in one of their locations where like when our secondary shipper is involved and he's always like, hey, does it go to this address? I'm like, dude, you ask me this every time. And I tell you, send it to what's on the friggin' label. Like, yeah, I don't care. Right, so, right. but so speaking of, uh, stories i think you'll remember this one but i don't know if the uh the listeners will because i don't know if i told this one ever so before i got on this kick of wearing barefoot shoes which are you know basically like super wide like no sole like super thin sole shoes like mm-hmm. i ordered a pair of the atheist shoes because i was a oh that's right petulant 27 year old however old no it wasn't eight years ago like yeah, I forget how old I was when I ordered these shoes. And, you know, they're coming from Berlin. And I somehow managed to put like half the company address and half my address into the <laughs> into this international shipping situation. And these shoes were like 140 euros or like they were like, I forget how much they were, but they're like, it was expensive pair of shoes. So like I realize after I get the shipping label and I like reach out to the seller and I'm like, Hey, I put the wrong address. And like, he's like, so did you like send it to like the wrong location? And I'm like, no, like I just put in half my address, half my works address. And they're just like, (laughs) what? 
because they're German. So yeah. clearly Germans wouldn't make this dumb of a mistake. And after my 23 and me test that basically said I was barely any German at all, which oh, I was wrong. Funny. <laughs> like I'm clearly not German because I messed this dress up bad. So they like, it gets us to the States and like DHL like had backed out of the U S as like a primary delivery. So it goes to the post office and I'm like, trying to get the post office to just basically give me the package, like hold it at the thing. Like I know the address is wrong. Like I'll come get it. And I'm 99% sure. Like I either got the shoes or they went back to Germany. I don't remember what happened, but yeah, I like I eventually get the shoes and then like the shoes are kind of too small. (laughs) (laughs) And now that like I wear like, super wide shoes and like, which is causing my toes to start to spread out more, which is like the whole goal. And like right. for, you know, basically like I wore socks some of the time at Schilderberg, but mm-hmm. at a certain point in like, I think it was August, I just stopped wearing socks to work and just stopped oh. wearing socks almost altogether because like the shoes are all just like they're straight leather inside, right. like leather sole, uh, leather uppers and like both pairs of the barefoot shoes. So I just stopped wearing socks and it's hmm. finally gotten cold enough where like I'm wearing socks again, but I'm wearing these like, you know me, like I was always complaining about my like feet being cold as of late and like just being colder in general, which is why I want to move to Texas. Cause it's 10 degrees warmer at least right now. <laughs> so yeah. I've been like wearing these socks that are kind of thick on the bottom, but like at the top they have like, the sports mesh to like keep your foot cooler. And this was another, like Mason didn't read the package until he got home. And I was like, shit, <laughs> like I thought these were supposed to be really thick, warm socks. <laughs> so, and now I'm like, Oh, these socks are perfect. And like after having not worn socks. So, but also, you know, where my parents live. So my parents live on Abbey arch, but yeah. There's a street in between my parents' street. That So my parents' street is an arch, obviously, because it's arch in the name. But it arches and connects on Bishop at two points. Mm-hmm. But at the one exit point, like that's further away from my parents' house, it's just Bishop. You can't go across to another street. It's not like an arch that like arches between like two streets or something like that, like where you could, you know, like it connects that way. It's just arches onto one street, but the other side closer to my parents' house, you could cross Bishop and go to Abbey drive. <laughs> so before oh. there was, before there was like, you know, Google maps and, you know, easy access to stuff and where everybody used like, you know, GPS style navigation, like we would get pizzas delivered to Abbey drive. The mail would go to Abbey drive, <laughs> all this stuff and the developers being the hotshot geniuses they were, used the same number scheme. So there was my parents' numerical there as well. And like, you know, my parents' like numerical is in the 700s. Mm -hmm. And the arch has barely 10 houses on the, like at the outer edge of the arch, which is Uh the larger side of the arch for house count because the inside only has like three. On like our right. way, so yeah, like barely three. So it's like, why would you? Why would you even do that? Like, 
know, like you control the numbering scheme when you submit it to the city. Like, why would you be like, yeah, we're going to use the same numbers. So yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, two unfree market wins, but I believe my, uh, my other one because of the uh, postal service, cause they wouldn't give me the damn package. Yeah. Or at least that's they made always it very one of those like, weird. Yeah. One of those weird things where you can't like get them to just like hold it or something. I, I don't well, know. That like, was the- but I also kind of get it. Cause it's like, well, yeah, the same, there, there should be some sort of like mechanism for you to be able to be like, this is me. That package or is for me. I don't want to go to that, that location anymore. Well, so that's one of those things is like when we log into like, so, you know, when I log into a tracking link for work, they have a, do you need to redirect this? Yeah. Literally right there where you could just go in and redirect it. We had that, that happened. So one day, like it was like, you know, we closed at four on Friday. So at like three fifty-five, this really big client, we get a notification that, Hey, they haven't gotten the checks for one of the locations. And we're like, okay, you guys have, they shipped yesterday, their express overnight, you know, morning delivery or whatever. Why didn't you guys say something earlier? And we look it up in the tracking link and it goes, doesn't have like apartment address or something like that or redirecting. And we couldn't figure out who redirected this package. Well, apparently oh. wherever the package was being delivered, the driver and the manager who had been fired had a like an agreement. Hey, if you show up here and it's not here, take it here instead. And it was like a small little town where, you know, that was okay. And so it took us like an hour and a half to figure out that no one on our side and no one like on their side had done it that still worked there. So so pissed off, like trying to figure out where this package had been going. And then it's like, oh, no, they had arranged this. And it was just like, oh, my goodness, you're kidding me. So, yeah. All right, well. Uh, Yeah. So did you have an article for this week? I do. A very short article, but one that I just thought was interesting. It's more like a uh, alert to the listeners for where potential – good deals are going to be coming from Ooh. for wine. And that is that according to the OIV, which is no idea what that stands for, but it's some sort of <laughs> wine organization that tracks this stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, their headquarters is in Paris. Uh, they put out a, uh, a statement saying that, um, due to low productivity in the EU, notably Italy, Spain, and France, uh, which together lost about 22 MHL, which is a measurement that I don't know what is, uh, with respect to the, you know, the late frost in 2020 and then Mm -hmm. unfavorable climate conditions and working conditions in 2021, they're going to have a very low, uh, production this year. So, Mm -hmm you know, low production. Now, granted, we've, we've discussed this before. They had really, really good years during the, the, well, I guess 2019 year going into 2020 when the whole COVID bullshit started. Uh, so there was a, an abundance of wine and now they're saying kind of the opposite is true. There's going to be a a scarcity of wine, uh, coming out of those places. But 
on the flip side, they said um, that the that there are parts of Europe that have had a good harvest or a, mm-hmm. a bigger harvest than usual, which include Germany, Portugal, Romania, and Hungary, and a really good harvest in the southern hemisphere. So keep your eye out for wines from South America, uh, South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. Although I don't know mm-hmm. about New Zealand and Australia. There was an article going around that said that New Zealand had this like unbelievable year this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's possible when everybody is supposedly supposed to be locked up in their homes. Like, How do you <laughs> harvest? But maybe there's some sort of exemption because they've been like the most Nazi of all the of all the places down there with like their you know restrictions on that they had the the zero and actually they gave up on it. There was a press release two or three two weeks maybe ago where mm-hmm. New Zealand was like it doesn't work, so we're giving up, <laughs> which I thought was funny. But they had that zero tolerance policy where they're like, For if there's one case months, in the entire yeah. country, what's that? Yeah. For 18 months. Yeah. 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 Well, so, like, so that's one of those things is like you and like, I'm not saying it was overblown or underblown. I don't know. But like the, the troubles in uh, South Africa and then oh, yeah. it's like, they have record smashing wine harvest and you're like, yeah. Huh. But and that's the thing is like, you know, um, France drinks a lot of green wine, um, you mm-hmm. know, fast aged wine, but they do a, or like their internal consumption is generally geared toward newer wine. Um, but they do age a lot of wine. And then Italy does the same thing with aging a lot of wine and Spain does for sure. Um, you yeah. know, with that high brick on the grapes just because of the, the environment. Well, yeah. So, and, they, and the, and, you know, with Rioja, you know, they've got the whole Reserva system. So, yeah. Uh, we so we know that at least even the minimum Reserva is two years. Yeah. So, like, I wonder how, like, I, you know, like, I, I certainly don't, like, I looked up that OVI because I was trying to figure out what MHL stood for, which I thought was like mega hectoliters, but, that didn't really make any sense to me either because like liter is the standard measure and hecta is a 10, 10 liters. Um, so mega it's like million, 10 liters. Like it just doesn't make sense. Just like yeah. you said, like that doesn't it, make it any. It could be, yeah, maybe it's some sort of weird wine measurement that I'm not aware of. I, yeah. I mean, I tried looking it up and I found like a bunch of acronyms and I didn't find anything. So, um, okay. but so I tried to find the article itself and I couldn't really find it, but like, you know, I would assume that like, you know, the Roja system, like two years, but like was Roja affected? Yeah. You know, like, so that, that's the question from there is when will these all be showing up? Are they all like, did anybody do a kind of a measure of what was impacted in the terms of when it's consumed slash produced? You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, Oh, yeah. this, this one, like my entire wine was destroyed and I make, you know, su- superior, like, like the best Roja like stuff. Yeah. And it's like, okay. So like, yeah, 15 years from now, <laughs> this right, is right. going to be a problem. Um, so that's well, but, kind of my, then, would but, be my but, an interesting that, study. I think. Yeah. That would be interesting. Cause to, to that point, you've got things like Beaujolais Nouveau, which is 
the youngest it's i mean it's it's usually made this year so mm-hmm. or the year of so you you get that that year and it's very very young um what you were saying you know that the french do tend to drink younger it's still usually a year or two old um, yeah and then you've got like i don't remember what it is but i think it's two five and ten for uh rioja reserva grand reserva or reserva i think it's just rioja then reserva then grand reserva but i don't yeah, remember I thought, exactly. for some reason i thought one of them was 15 but yeah I, i'm pretty doggone positive you're right it's two five and ten because uh, that the two always throws me off. It's like, why two? Yeah, I'm making funny faces, but you can't see well, it. Well, and speak speaking of uh, of younger wines, is uh, I did I did order, and thank you to the listeners who used our link on tastinganarchy.com and oh, uh, oh. bought some wine from uh, Last Bottle Wines. Last bottle, yeah. Yep, because we had ninety dollar credit. So, holy moly, which means three people use that, and that's awesome. Uh, so, I, I I made an order for myself because I'm selfish, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bought. They did. They changed it. Actually, you get free shipping now on four bottles instead of Ooh. it used to be you had to get six. So, okay. uh, they had a they had a hundred dollar Oakville cab, and you know Oakville is mm-hmm. one of my favorite places for cab, uh, mm-hmm. but it was young. For well, youngish. It was. It's three years old. It was. A, it was twenty eighteen, and um, so normally a hundred dollars. They had it uh, for thirty five. So I ended up buying. Well, I got basically two and a half bottles for free, and then bought the other two. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. So thank you, listeners, for that. But that's another. Nice. That's a good example of one that's fairly, fairly young. I guess is you know it's a it is. Um, I kind of want to set one aside and age it, but I know that I'm just terrible at that. And I don't like, you know, I got these, uh, you know, that, um, that Bigfoot beer that, uh, Sierra Nevada makes you, I can't remember what it's called. It's a barley wine. It's not actually a, a beer. Well, it's beer. Yeah. But, I think you know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I got that. And my intention was I bought four bottles cause they had a restriction at the total wine that you could only buy, <laughs> um, four. So, mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, I'll buy four. And my, my intention was, I'm going to save these and age them. And mm-hmm. then when you're out here, you, me, and Will will drink all four Ooh. of these. Right? That'd be and awesome. then I drank them all like that weekend. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so that plan didn't work out. <laughs> uh, right. I, I have that such is... a hard time saving stuff. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is, like, I, I usually, so I normally run into an issue where I'm like, I'm going to have just one of these beers and then I have like three or, but like when I put the 120 minute aside, I still have some from when I think you were here still. So I have, or at least um, maybe like the round I bought after you left, but I still have some left and I just haven't, it's like, I would like to drink it, but I really would want to drink it with like Will or like my friend Thomas, like who yeah. lives down in like Charlotte, like something like that, where it's like, just enjoy it with somebody. Cause like I love 120 minute and I certainly will drink it, but it gives me such bad heartburn these days. And I'm kind of like, yeah, this would be fun to share with somebody who's also super into this. Like, right. 
and not like foist it on you and be like, "Hey, drink this beer you really don't care for." Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never really cared for it. The, the sixty minute, I think, is good. Uh, but yeah, yeah the sixty the and ninety are, minutes. Yeah, yeah, the, the sixty, 60 and ninety are great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, th- I yeah. thought that was an interesting article to kind of prepare people for. So I, what I would say is that for at least for what I typically buy from the Southern hemisphere, it's usually two mm. years. Um, yeah. At least that's, that's kind of what becomes available. So I, I'm going to be looking for some good deals on a couple of my favorites for uh, Carmenier mm-hmm. uh, from South Africa, maybe some Pinotage, which I, I like a lot. I know, I know that's kind of a controversial one. Uh, I don't know why people, but a lot of like wine snobs don't like it. I think it's very good, um, but it's not, not really like an aging one, but there's also um, out of South Africa, they do an Hermitage style, which mm-hmm. is it's not technically, I guess, Hermitage, but it's uh, from uh, something hound or the, like the good hound or something. I'll have to look it up. It's mm-hmm. in my notes, but um, typically that's pretty expensive. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping for some sort of price break if they have like a, if they had like a really great harvest. But then again, you mentioned it too. I don't really know what's going on in South Africa. It seems like like it's not good. Um, but also, it's, you know, one of the things that I, I remember watching is that they were saying, like, all of those attacks that were happening, like farmers and stuff. Mm. But one of the things that they had mentioned in this for several of the farmers is they were like, we're four hours from any town. Yeah. Like how extremely rural some of these farms and stuff are, and apparently the vineyards are similar in in a similar situation where there's just a lot of them are just out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but that's so the thing is like, that it's it yeah. just seemed like the infrastructure was gone. You know, like it was yeah. like it. it it's it kind of like that a, it's just you know Johannesburg or whatever is just that's the only place that's actually having a problem. Everywhere else is just the same as it's always been, kind of. Maybe. It's kind of like, uh, but you know, the, like in my head, have you seen anything about what's going on in Ethiopia? No. Okay. So like the Ethiopian government basically told the citizens of Ethiopia, like the capital of Ethiopia to like arm up and prepare to fight the rebels coming out of this like breakaway province in the North. Oh, in I did actually city. no, I did yeah. because our friend Luke, his brother, is a missionary there. Oh, so I wow. so I know about that. Yeah, oh, I, I forgot that he he told me, that. and he's like a, I guess he's kind of like a bleeding heart liberal kind of, so oh. he doesn't really know anything about guns. But now that I guess that proclamation was made, he called his brother and was like, "Hey, can you tell me a little bit about guns?" It's <laughs> like, why don't you come home? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I guess that yeah. is his home, though. Now, I mean, that's he's lived there for a long time, or maybe he's not yeah, a missionary. Maybe he, maybe he actually just works there. I, I don't remember exactly why he's there. Yeah, I mean, based on who it is, yeah. um, I would well, who we know him know of him through, I would yeah. imagine he's a missionary. But um, you know, I, I to me, like it would be very shocking if uh, his brother was a bleeding heart guy. <laughs> You know, it's kind of like it, it huh, kind of would be too, but you know, there is that sort of, that sort of like, you know, that, uh, guy, Shane Claiborne that I like, um, he wrote, uh, that, uh, book, red letter Christians and Jesus for president. I, I mean, 
Not really, but like I'm sure you've told me about him, and I, I just don't remember. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like a Christian anarchist, but he's very very left. When uh, okay. at least I would consider it very left. Um, yeah, like he's always talking about like equity and justice and things like that. But you know, Quakers do that a lot too, where they have this sort of their worldview is this, but it's also the best type of left where they're also nonviolent. So yeah, it's like, yeah, they're, it's kind of obnoxious and to me seems very ignorant of like basic economics and things like that. But at the same time, it's like, at least I know these people's heart is in the right place. Whereas like Antifa believes in a lot of that stuff, but also I think they're just assholes and they don't really care about it. Yeah. Well, it's like one of those things where it's like, those people are the first person who are putting up their last dollar, you know, like yeah, they're, exactly. they're in the community garden trying to make sure everybody has food. And you're like, yeah, this is like, this is the 30th year of you guys doing this and you, you haven't gotten any better. It's not like right. you've gotten worse, but like you guys grew a thousand pounds of food last year and you've grown a thousand pounds of food for the last 30 years. Right. You could do like, better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, they could do better and that's fine. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but also, yeah. like I like, he wrote it with, he wrote the book, uh, Jesus for President with this Catholic guy, uh, his name's Chris Ha, I think, or Chris mm-hmm. Hay, maybe. Um, really great Christian anarchist book. If anybody's actually ever interested in just kind of uh, <laughs> just learning a little bit about Christian anarchy and at least in a modern context, um, great book because I wouldn't say that it's explicitly anarchist, but it's it's asking it's more like asking Christians quite the question of like why do you worship the state when you should yeah when your beliefs are this you should be you should just be open to the guidance of Christ not like not not going and trying to get the government to enforce all of the things that you believe yeah in. like it, well, that's the thing that like you know I like really kind of put me off on Christianity from the experiences that I was seeing, not necessarily like the gospel style sense, but like the, Oh, you know, we've got to enforce these morales. It's like, yeah, but from a, like, and that's the, you know, lacking the understanding of human nature. When I was making these thought processes, it's like, if God's the only one who can judge and you're not like, actively murdering people and you know there you can name all the gross crimes that somebody could do and yes we're not arguing for somebody being able to do those either but it's like oh this person's not wearing this girl's not wearing a skirt we're gonna stone her to death right it's like why like if that's morally offensible to god where in the new Testament does it say that you need to do that? And like, that's always kind of the thing that like baffled me about like when uh Protestantism started kind of breaking out and it's like the weird German sex that would like take over towns and like go to war against the Kings and stuff. And you're like, yeah, how did you convince everybody to do this? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and and I think you're right, though. I think it's just sort of like a human nature thing, because out of that same time period, you get the Anabaptists and the the Amish and the Mennonites and uh, the Quakers later on in England, but all all out of those periods of extreme war, where you get like just these groups of people who are like, no, like this is contrary to what we 
have been told our entire lives or or the different the different pacifist sects of orthodoxy out in during the czarist russia who most of them were just massacred but uh who would you know that tolstoy wrote a lot about too where he they would show up and they'd be like look behind you is a picture of christ and then next to that is a picture of the czar and then you've got the priest here telling me to arm up and go kill christians and then the advocate of the czar telling me to arm up and go get christians but my entire life the priest has been telling me that christians don't do that yeah and like and some people made that connection and kind of went like I can kind of understand going well what they would what he would have called them in Tolstoy's day is I kind of understand maybe I could arm up and go kill Mohammedans because mm-hmm. they were fighting the Ottomans all the time and they called them Mohammedans and that but uh, he's like but you're also telling me to go kill all these Orthodox people who are just, yeah or or the Catholics who are the same sect as us or not even the same sect but same religion as us and you've been telling me my entire life the complete opposite but now this guy's supposed to be absolving me of my sins. And yet we're worshiping this gigantic idol of the czar. And like, yeah. so just an interesting thing, but I mean, but it's also that same pattern repeats throughout history, not just in Christianity, but in Buddhism and in, yeah. uh, you know, although, although I guess Hinduism is a little bit more honest about it because they have a whole caste that is just warriors, <laughs> but yeah. And like the way that they worship God is by a killing. Yeah, and that's so. the thing is like that's that's even an extreme take on a lot of Christ on Hinduism and there's like Hinduism is like a an anachronism because like they don't actually have a name for the religion and like yeah. there is a not a messianic figure per se, but there is a messianic situation where you don't have to have the caste system the way they do. Um right. and then there's all these weird interpretations and but like they're all right to some and like in Buddhism, like there's very few times like where Buddhism itself, like the like full Buddhist leaders, like brought up like these giant cults, but like a lot of the kings and stuff that were like Buddhists. Right. Yeah, we're going to war. <laughs> and it's like right. and it's not like, hey, we're trying to just simply like defend our children from being killed. It's like, no, sure. we're going to go kill their children. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how we got off on that, but let's uh, <laughs> let's bring it say, back I, into uh, the wine topic. Uh, I was going to say, I think it's like because of uh, fall back. I think it's a uh, time for us to be wrapping it up. Um, okay, so that way we uh, don't go off on another super long tangent. But I think that's still like an interesting topic and plenty of stuff for people to kind of look into, and you know really represents our the aspects of our show <laughs> yeah why is true christianity and anar- anarchism <laughs> well, well real quick before we go we won't sure, we won't please. spend long on the topic i like i kind of just wanted to mention your article because it relates oh, to yeah. california um, yeah and i just thought it was kind of interesting and this is this is sort of reminiscent of like the conch republic or something like that where it's just i'd say it's probably to its novelty at its at its best kind of and it's um mm-hmm. The, it's a Breitbart article, uh, and it's uh, titled "California Town Declares Itself a Constitutional Republic to Defy Newsom, Newsom's COVID Rules." Uh, so, uh, do you want to summarize that a little bit? It wasn't a very long article. Yeah. So basically, um, I don't have the town's name in front of me, but I think it was like Ordeville. 
Yeah, or um, Orville. Yeah, I, oh, I yeah, Orville. I was surprised that I had not heard of this town because it's it when you look at it on the map, it's like it's. Well, I'll pull it up real quick. I, the the town that's closest to to that I am very familiar with because uh, Ronnie Sue lives there now is mm-hmm. um uh like and it's not even that far below, but Yuba City is is like right below that. Yeah, and so then there's another town. Is... Say that again. Oh no, no, go ahead. I was going to say there's another town below it, uh, Palermo, that. I know from some reason, and I am pretty sure I've been there. I just don't remember are why. You, are you sure you're just not thinking of Palermo, Italy? I could be. <laughs> <laughs> I know you haven't been to Palermo, but that is a no. But we do a talk very, about a very for famous wine. town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, Oroville, which is about ninety minutes away from uh, Sacramento, um, is also part of a county that basically said, yeah, we're not going to enforce any mask mandates or anything like that um, as kind of a continuing middle finger to Gavin Newsom, who hasn't been seen in like 11 days since he got his booster shot. Uh, so who knows what's oh, happening to him? That's um, interesting. But he is a father. So, you know, like I don't really want him to die, but like I would really like him not to be able to be governor of California anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically they decided that they were going to con- declare themselves a, a constitutional republic, uh, which they didn't really give a good definition of what it meant. Um, and the city council, which voted basically like six to one to do this, um, you know, they didn't like label it as a stunt so much as just like a another way to officially express um their resistance to all the mask mandate and, and all that stuff that, you know, just really, they're like, we don't want the, uh, the boot on our neck any more than it already has been. And this is just one further way where they're saying like, screw off. Um, so, but it was very funny because it's, it's very close to the capital of California, which is Sacramento, which, it's never made sense to me. It's location. Why that's the capital. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? That's actually, I don't know why that I probably because when white people first moved out there, that's where they settled was, uh, in Sutter, Sutter's Fort in, in Sacramento. Well, it's in, it's in Sacramento now you can go visit it, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is very close to where, I used to live sort of, uh, it's just, it's North. We were East, um, mm-hmm. but it's probably a, probably, well, probably a little bit longer because Yuba city, Yuba city is about equal distance from Sacramento as Eldorado Hills. Mm-hmm. So, but from each other there, it's different. So, cause you know, Yuba city is North and, um, and then this is North of Yuba city. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just the way the circle works. <laughs> right. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make it any closer. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just an, an interesting article. It, it's really interesting to see how, you know, places are showing their defiance and how, you know, basically they've gotten not a, like, I'm not going to say they got away with not enforcing anything. Um, but they basically did and they're not that far. It's not like it's, you know, it's not like San Diego is the capital and this city is like in the little corner up in the, you know, like the top 
right corner of California or something like that, where it's, you know, the whole of California away. It's, it's very close to the capital and it's like 22,000 people. So it's also not like, you know, the Mason and the Mason in the Jacob town of four has decided we're not doing any of this. It's a, a fairly large village, let's say. Right. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's, California, what's, what I always find interesting about California is, you know, outside of California, we complain a lot about it, but it's sort of like a, from, because the, the county system is kind of similar to the federal system in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so, although not as much as it used to be, but it does have sort of that, uh, kind of, it mimics that in a lot of ways. So like California is like a microcosm of what's going on in the greater United States. And it's a lot of the people who live in Northern California complain about the same things as like people who live in Texas about like who's mm-hmm. coming here. But if we look at the, the statistics of it, it, it turns out that in, and this was something you and I discussed a little bit earlier this week, and I won't spend a lot of time on it, but that um, for the first time ever, uh, Florida has more registered Republicans than registered Democrats and yeah. Texas has flipped several historical Democrat uh, local seats to Republican local seats in this last election. Um, and so we're starting to see things like, and then one thing you pointed out was that even in places that were supposed to be solid blue, those are kind of flipping as well, but it's like places that were red are getting much more red. And mm-hmm. that also from what my sisters are telling me is, and also just the statistics from this recall election is places like the Northern counties and stuff like that, who were usually fairly red, you know, they'd be like 60 or something like that are now extremely red. Yeah. And so there's like this very big, this sort of like things are dividing more and more and more and more. And like red areas are becoming much more red and blue areas are becoming much more blue, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. But then you, but then like you pointed out, you got the example of like Virginia, which was supposed to be solid blue. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a landslide, but it was a close election win for a Republican. And then New Jersey, which is supposed to be blue, and I don't I think Chris Christie was their last Republican governor, and he was elected in 2010 or something like that. Yeah, um, but I mean, and so. that's the thing is like it wasn't like it, it's it's interesting in that way. But like you also have like three counties of Maryland writing to West Virginia, going, "We want to become part of West Virginia. Please yeah. let us know how to proceed in unison." Like they all right. sent letters the same day. <laughs> so Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff like that. And then you've got like the greater, the greater Idaho movement where a lot of the Northern California, California counties and a lot of the Southern Oregon counties are saying, let's just join Idaho. Yeah. And then you just have like an oddly shaped Idaho and then like half of Oregon and half and like a smaller California. I was going to say, like, like Idaho think, isn't, like, like, oddly shaped. <laughs> I guess that's true. It is kind of weird shape. <laughs> but yeah. it would be even more oddly shaped. <laughs> it's like the inverse of Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on right now. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, and I guess we'll wrap it there. Yeah. We'll probably have some uh, good wine episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'll be getting some new wine. And I'm very excited to try this uh this wine from ricky that is from the grapes are from new mexico i think that'll be yeah. interesting be it's new mexico is supposed to be a big up-and-coming area for uh 
uh, white grapes in particular, mm-hmm. the ones that uh, grow well at high altitude and in cooler climates. And nice. uh, so he'll have, and, and that's actually, you like that. I, I don't know if they're doing a lot of Riesling, but they do Shannon Blanc and um, uh, I'm trying to remember the ones that he has in his, but I'll, I'll go over them. I'll go, maybe Pinot, no, Pinot Grigio is a warmer. I don't know. I'll, I'll go over them when we get, when we get the, uh, when we get the wines and, uh, and then we'll have Ricky on to talk about it too. And then my, uh, my Cab Sobs from Oakville will be here. We'll, and that'll be kind of fun. And, um, I'm also, you know what? It might be next weekend. I th- I'm supposed to go to a wine festival in Ooh. East Texas, uh, which I have not been to much of East, East Texas. And uh, that might be, I might have some stuff to report back from that as well. I think it's next weekend. Sounds good. And if it's not, yeah. if it's not next weekend, I'm going to have to cancel because I got to go to California for my dad. So uh, I'll be in California at the end of the month. Gotcha. All right. Well, everybody cool. stay free. All right. Stay free. <laughs>